Welcome to the Savant Report Rapid Recap Podcast. It is February 19th, Friday. Uh, hard to believe that we are already almost through the month of February here in 2016. Uh, I'm your host, Jordan Weir, CEO of Savant Investment Partners, for another episode of the Savant Report Rapid Recap. We're going to talk about negative interest rates this week, um, and we're also going to talk about precious metals and equities. Uh, I have been out of the markets for... Uh, really quite some time. Uh, I haven't even really played or dabbled. I'm now officially short the market. Um, But first, let's talk about negative interest rates, which is some of the talk that is uh, convincing a lot of the traders to go short this market. Negative interest rates. This week, earlier this week, Janet Yellen testified in front of Congress talking about uh, the effect of negative interest rates and the fact that they have actually uh, worked through some modeling to determine if it would work here in the United States. That blew a lot of people away because, frankly, it's hard to imagine the U.S. being in such dire economic conditions that negative interest rates would even be considered. Um, but you know that got a lot of media attention. It circulated throughout the, uh, the investment community very, very quick, scared a lot of people. But I was actually listening to some of those, uh, uh, some of those conversations between Janet Yellen and, and Congress. And you know it really wasn't something that Janet Yellen brought up and said, we are leaving this on the table. She was being grilled by members of Congress asking the question, would you consider negative interest rates? Have you considered negative interest rates? And you know she had to answer those questions relatively honestly. Now, I'm not a big fan of Janet Yellen. I don't think she does that great of a job. But nonetheless, I don't think that she is uh, stupid enough to actually implement negative interest rates here in the United States. She was answering the questions uh, very uh, honestly, saying that they had considered it and they had modeled it and they were trying to determine how well or if it could even work here in the United States. Here's the thing with negative interest rates. Um, uh, let me dispel uh, uh, you know, what, what a lot of journalists really get as wrong. Uh, negative interest rates does not mean that you borrow money from a bank and the bank tays, takes, uh, excuse me, pays you to take the money. What negative interest rates are uh, is the Fed funds rate is lowered to a negative where effectively banks do not have to borrow money from the Fed. They are paid to take money from the Fed. And what that's supposed to do is it's supposed to make the banks profitable and give them some sense of security to continue lending and lending and credit to consumers and businesses is meant to stimulate the economy. Really, it doesn't work. Here's what it does. It incentivizes the banks not to lend. Banks can be profitable or they can get by in uncertain economic times without having to lend money. And that's a very dangerous thing. So, you know, Janet Yellen is saying, well, listen, we're considering it and we're trying to figure out if it would work well in the United States. Listen, it doesn't work well in the United States. It doesn't work well in Japan. It doesn't work well any other place where they've actually tried this. So what what are the possibilities of actually having negative rates here in the United States? I think really, truly, it's very, very small. Probably a lot less than 5% chance that we ever end up with negative rates over the next 5 to 10 years. But here's what that does, is it definitely tells people that they have considered all options when it comes to stimulating this economy. And I think that's wonderful news. Now, I'm a big bear right now in terms of the equity markets. Uh, I, I do not think that the markets are going to go much higher before they go certainly a lot lower. 
it's a cycle these markets cycle it's really simple uh, you take a lot of the guesswork out of it I'm not trying to trade the ups and the downs and the dips and the bottoms and the bounces and all that kind of stuff They're far too complex and far too hard to do frankly a lot of it is just guesswork and a lot of its luck uh, I don't like to invest that way I don't believe that investing should be done that way so for me and and how I invest from a global uh, well maybe not global but a macro viewpoint a 10,000 foot overview of what's happening in the markets is I just believe that the equities markets are overvalued right now we are certainly due for a correction we touched in the correction territory a couple of times uh, over the last several weeks here and we've uh, we've bounced back off of those lows and you know <laughs> the the market's a little uncertain right now we've had big up days and we've had big down days there's been a lot of volatility along with that we've seen a huge spike in the prices of bonds and treasuries and what what that's telling me is that the fear trade is back on people are fearful and at the end of the day that is also spurring all this talk about negative rates because uh, frankly we hit all-time low yields of about 1.6 in the 10-year note which is just insane I mean it's just absolutely crazy uh, we saw gold you know again it's the fear trade we saw gold go up to about 1250 it's since come off about 25 or 40 dollars uh, off of those highs and so we've seen these markets continue to be driven by fear and um, and, and I think that's the knee-jerk reaction. I think a lot of these traders are going to start hedging their longs. They're going to start creating some some additional shorts, and uh, and they will work through a temporary bear market. Now I've been saying that there's about a 30% chance of recession here, and and I'm going to pat myself on the back. I actually called this much better than most of these other economists. In fact, back in December, uh, before these economists came out in early January and started giving all these um, you know, probabilities of, of recession in 2016 or 2017, back in December, I said there's a 30% probability. Well, we had J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, or excuse me, J.P. Morgan Merrill Lynch uh, come out. No, I'm not saying that right. It's Bank of America Merrill Lynch, excuse me, uh, come out with about a 20% probability. JP Morgan came out with about a 20% probability. And um, of course, Royal Bank of Scotland, RBS, came out and said, you know, hey, our clients should sell everything. <laughs> We're bearish the market. We think there's a global uh, catastrophe about getting ready to happen here. So, uh, you know, everybody is, uh, is, is beginning to weigh on that negative side. And I think that that market sentiment is certainly going to change things. But, um, you know, are we going to hit uh, back up into the 2100 range for the S&P? I just, I really don't think so. I don't think there's a lot of reason for us to get there, especially not right now. We have China, we have oil. Now we've seen, uh, let's talk about oil for a minute. We've seen oil bounce pretty significantly uh, off of the lows, the $26, $27 lows uh, in the futures contract specifically. And uh, we're now seeing it around 30, well, 33, 34, but really big bounce. I mean, you know, percentage wise, we're talking huge percentages, you know, 30% bounce in a very short period of time. But we have to consider that that actual dollar movement is really not that significant. Uh, when we're talking about an $8 move in oil, you know, I mean, that's just your average everyday volatility. Well, the reason why we have this bounce is uh, Iran, Iraq, and a bunch of other countries in the Middle East have all agreed, uh, and Venezuela as well, and a couple others, 
have agreed to cap production. Well, here's the problem with this idea that that you know you'd become a wild uh, oil bull if you really thought that uh, that this was going to uh, you know pair back production to the point where we could find ourselves in a deficit and actually start absorbing some of this uh, m- these massive reserves that we have in the in uh, in the oil space the energy space the problem is is they basically capped their production at where it is today so we're not pairing back production we're not agreeing to uh, to take uh, production down from current levels we're just agreeing that in principle and this is a very loose agreement it's basically a verbal agreement nothing's in writing loosely agreed that long term uh, y- you know we're we're just going to hold production about where we are today and we're not going to ramp up production to put even more production uh, online to further exacerbate the problem well in my mind that's really not that great of a reason to be uh, to be bullish on oil I mean, we are where we are, right? So at the end of the day, I think the oil trade uh, is still going to be a time event. It's going to be a marathon. It's not going to be a sprint. We're going to wait the oil markets out. We're going to wait the energy markets out and pick the right time to buy. I do think from a technical perspective that we very well could have uh, actually found a bottom here. Uh, I think that that there is a good likelihood that we have uh, technically in the terms of actual price that we have bottomed. That doesn't mean that oil producers' earnings are not going to continue to get worse. That just means uh, that the actual price of oil has potentially bottomed for this cycle. And only time will tell. So, uh, precious metals, we've seen precious metals really run. Is that a place to go? Again, no, I really don't think so. This recession in 2016 or 2017, if it happens, uh, and I'm still thinking that there's about a 30% chance of a reality that it will happen. Uh, If it happens, it's going to be energy-driven, and it's going to be global economic-driven. So we're going to be talking about economies in Europe. We're going to be talking about the Chinese economy. Uh, We're going to talk about the uh, commodities. It will certainly be commodity-driven. Oil is certainly a commodity, but there's a lot of other commodities that are suffering right now, especially in the agriculture space. So where do you hide from all this? Well, I think you hide in cash. Uh, I don't think you want to be buying bonds right now. I don't see a lot of reasons to own uh, notes at a 1.6% yield with a a huge amount of downside if rates really do begin to rise. Um, I, I don't think that that's a smart bet. So where do you hide? I think you hide in two places. Number one, you hide in cash. And number two... Uh, you begin picking opportunities in 2016 and 2017 in both real estate and in the energy sector. And I also think that based on all of this hype about negative interest rates and driving the the, the yields down in notes and treasuries, uh, I really believe that there's an opportunity to begin shorting the interest rates. And I talked about that in my webinar that I did a couple weeks ago, uh, my three best investing ideas for how to survive 2016 and our chances of recession. So uh, that's my bets for 2016, and I really think that they're they're good bets. Uh, I'm taking them or preparing to take them as uh, as we speak. Like I said, I've been out of the market for a long time, but right now I'm currently short. We'll see what happens. I'm going to try and pick up 30, 40 points in a, in a short trade on the S&P and, uh, and call it a day. Uh, I just think that there's an opportunity to do it. I think we've gotten way too bullish and, and way too complacent way too quickly here uh, over the last seven days or so.
So that's this week's podcast. I want to encourage you to follow up and read our Savant reports, our weekend reports that we send out at the end of each and every week. We've got some great charts and some really great uh, commentary there on where things are headed and, and, and why. And I always encourage you to pick up the phone and give me a call or drop me an email if you have any questions about the Savant report. You can reach me at jordan at savantinvestments.com. Thank you so much for subscribing and being a listener. We'll talk to you in two weeks on the podcast and at the end of every week on the Savant Report. Take care and God bless.